Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. At around 2.25 in the afternoon, everything changed. My phone rang, and it was an unknown number, but I answered it anyway. This is the General Hospital. Is this Max? We've called to inform you that your parents have been in a terrible car crash. We were a happy, picture-perfect family. My mom, my dad, and my little sister. My mom was always easygoing and ready to explore the world, while my dad was more reserved. My little sister Addison was five years younger than me, but... We got along great. But that day, everything changed completely. My mom and dad were going to one of dad's business conferences not far from here. Madison was at school, and I was just simply at home studying for one of my finals that were coming up. But then, I got the phone call about their accident. After I heard those words, car crash, everything went black and white. I grabbed my car keys and ran out the door. At first, I had to wait until 2.30 to pick my sister up from school. Once I did, we zoomed over to the general hospital. I immediately went to the front desk and asked for my parents. The receptionist ushered the doctor over to me and my sister. He took us in a back room and sat us down. I'm sorry, Max, but it was a fatal car accident. Your parents died before we could save them. All I could hear was the beeping sound that the heart monitor was making behind me. I turned to my sister and broke in tears. My sister did the same after I told her that mom and dad were dead. We cried for what felt like hours. I had gathered my strength and picked up my little sister as we both headed out of the hospital teary-eyed. We walked past the waiting room where everyone was staring at us as it seemed. I guess they weren't used to seeing a 19-year-old boy carrying his 14-year-old sister. One woman realized something was wrong and started getting teary-eyed when she saw us. It was nighttime and raining. I had Addison wait at the hospital entrance because it had a hood over it. I pulled the car around and she got inside. 
we drove in silence as I was thinking about how I no longer had anyone to support me or my sister. Well, at least me anyways. When we got home, Addison started working on her homework. I didn't have any strength left in me. So I ordered eight pizzas from our favorite pizza place. I had a lot of support from my friends and from my faraway relatives, but I was still depressed. Everything was gray and white to me. I was still shocked and hurting like it was the first time I got the news. It just kept hurting over and over again, but I had to be strong for my sister. I would comfort Addison and tell her that everything was going to be okay. I knew what I was going to have to do as her brother and now legal guardian. They sent me piles of papers to sign things over into my name. I didn't expect to have so much responsibility all at once and especially at the age I was. But I really wanted to give Addison a normal life. I took my time signing everything while I was slowly getting myself back together. I sent the papers back with success. I was now Madison's legal guardian. We celebrated by going out to eat at a restaurant, but I knew that the ride wasn't over. Sure enough, it wasn't. My aunt, who was never a close relative, was demanding custody over my sister. Neither me or my sister wanted that to happen, so we had to fight her in court. It was tough, but we didn't give up. We eventually won the case since I was able to prove that Addison is fed and clothed and in a stable environment. I'll never forget the embarrassment in my aunt's face as we left the courtroom. Everything was starting to look good again. My friend told me that me and Addison grieving over the death of our parents was completely normal. It hurts to lose someone you love. I finally graduated college with a high school degree and my sister is now 16 years old, living a normal teenage social life. I'm 21 now, and me and my sister are doing well. I'm still her legal guardian, and everything turned out just fine. The experience has been a journey for us that we weren't prepared for, but I look at it as making us stronger and closer together as a family. Always stay close to your family. I want my story to encourage you to never give up. Even when the worst things happen to you, don't quit and stay close to family. I remember going through the stages of grief. I was grieving, but I was able to move on knowing that my mom and dad are not in pain anymore. I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. 
I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out. They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school. And because I begged and begged and promised Mom and Dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone. And I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid. But when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people. And most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo. And not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and Comic-Cons just by being my friend. And at first... I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. Psst, why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance. And they acted like angels in front of mom and dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever. And in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako, 
and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer, too, and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or... At least, I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom, my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday. I, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. Baby, Nora, sweetheart, calm down. It's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now. You know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion. That's it. Excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her! For me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy! I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd. Then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because I took out a small velvet box from my pocket and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. Well, this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone. But as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanako was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, 
Everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do, or how to keep going. But someone showed me kindness that night. I felt the tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For... Losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But... If I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company, we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights, and then my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again, this time to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough, June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little. I'm Alvin. Like most days, I got off the school bus and walked two blocks to the kindergarten where my mom works. As usual, I stood waiting for her at the front of the building. On that day, though, a man came from nowhere grabbed my backpack, and ran away with it. Hey, that's my math homework you're stealing, I yelled after him. There's nothing of value to even steal! The man disappeared around the corner. Distraught, I slumped down and continued waiting for my mother. That's the price you pay for living here. Things like this happen all of the time. My mom finally got off work at 5 p.m. Someone stole my math homework while I was waiting for you, I told her. Just like me, she'd gotten used to it. You're lucky. Someone stole all four tires from a client's car today, she said laughing. <laughs> we continued chatting while walking to our fake home. You heard that right. I said fake. You'll figure out what I mean in a moment. You see, this old and rather dilapidated house goes with the rest of the neighborhood. After about 10 minutes, we made it to our fake home. My mom made herself a coffee as we waited for my dad until 6 p.m. After my dad came home from work, we spent another hour waiting impatiently. Then, we hurried around the house, closing the curtains so our neighbors wouldn't see us. From the moment the curtains closed every evening, we'd live as we truly are, like rich people. We went down to the basement of our fake home. 
My dad turned on the facial recognition system. We turned our faces to the hidden cameras. As soon as the system identified us, the secret door in our basement opened. The secret door revealed a 5.4 mile long tunnel. It's actually a subway line that belongs to my parents and me. We use this unique subway every night to reach our real home. After a short ride, we made it to our mansion. Our property is enclosed by 13 feet high walls. During the day, there are hundreds of people working here, maintaining the grounds. Maids, drivers, cooks, and gardeners. The staff leaves at 6.30 p.m. We arrive after they're gone, and it's only us at the mansion. We walked into the dining hall. We filled our plates with food from the buffet and sat down. The best chefs in the world cook a hundred different dishes every night. My dad asked, How was your day, son? Someone stole my backpack as I was waiting for mom. I had my math homework in that backpack. I need to do it all over again, I replied. Dad smiled. Bummer. I'm free tonight if you need help, he said. Dad, I hate hiding the fact that we're rich. Horrible things keep happening to us in that neighborhood, and they always will. Alvin, we talked about this so many times. We have to live this way. We have no choice but to adapt, he replied, frowning. Yes, we had talked about this many times, yet I still didn't understand why we had to hide that we were the wealthiest family in the world. My grandfather had won the biggest jackpot of all time from the lottery. On the way to claim his winnings, he and my grandmother got in a car accident. My grandmother died instantly. My grandfather fell ill in his grief. So, he hired a lawyer to get his affairs in order and found an investment advisor. I'm not going to touch this money. Invest with it as you like. I want my son to benefit from it in the future, he said. The advisor was very good at his job. He built hotels and shopping malls worldwide and bought shares in gold and diamonds and stakes in many successful companies. My grandfather's lottery winnings grew exponentially, reaching billions of dollars. When my grandfather died, my parents inherited all his wealth. For some reason, we have to hide it. We pretend to live in the lowest income neighborhood of our city. We can only enjoy the privileges of being wealthy when we're in the mansion. I've been putting up with this for years because my parents want me to, but I've had it. I want to live my best life 24 hours a day. It's my birthright. I thought about everything that night and came up with an idea. If I made sure my friends at school knew about how rich we were, they would definitely tell their friends and families. Word would spread like wildfire and all kinds of people would know about our fortune. Then my parents would have to concede that it was impossible to hide any longer and we could start living the high life every day. I put my plan into motion the next day without hesitation. To start, I decided to tell two people, Nancy and Justin. I can't really say that I like them. I think they're super obnoxious, but they both were pretty popular in school and loved gossiping. Thanks to them, my family's secret would be out in no time. After lunch, I called both of them to the schoolyard and cut to the chase. I'm going to share my family's biggest secret with you. They were both stunned. I'm not kidding what I'm about to tell you, so you've got to trust me, I said. I had to muster up the courage to keep speaking. Nancy and Justin waited with anticipation. They both stared at me intensely. My family is the richest family in the world, and I'm the richest kid in the world, I said. My friends just stared at each other. Then they both burst out laughing. If I'm honest, that's the reaction I was expecting. You don't believe me, and you have every reason not to. I'm going to ask you to come with me. What I'm about to show you is sure to convince you, I said. You better find other people to mess around with, Justin groaned. 
Nancy was all in. Alvin looks dead serious, she said, and I'm curious about what's happening here. I couldn't take my friends to our fake home because I didn't know how to operate the facial recognition system. That being the case, I wouldn't be able to open the secret door. That's why I decided to take them to the mansion in broad daylight. It would be my first time entering my own house from the front door. But first, I had to convince the security detail posted outside. There was a gigantic iron door at the entrance and a security booth for the guards. Nancy and Justin stared in disbelief, first at the majestic door, then at the towering walls. One of the guards came out of the booth. Kids, this is private property. Please leave, he said. I told the guard, you don't know me, but I live here. I want to show our house to my friends, I said. I'm not in the mood for jokes, kid. Move along, please, he groaned. My room is on the third floor, I said, trying to convince him. There's a MacBook on my bed right now. I binge-watched Netflix until late last night. I can list off every show to prove it to you. Take us up there. Son, you're a fool if you think you can play me like that. I'll have to make a citizen's arrest for trespassing if you don't leave now, he responded. Justin turned to me. Alvin, I don't know if this is your idea of a prank, but I'm not getting in trouble because of some weird lie. This guy seems pretty serious. Let's get out of here before he puts us in a chokehold or something, he said. I decided to play my last card. I'm going to tell my father about this. If you don't want to lose your job, let us in. This is my house, I screamed. At the last second, the iron gate started opening. A luxury car with dark windows was leaving the property. It stopped where we stood. The black backseat window came down. The person inside looked out and asked, What seems to be the problem here? The security guard said, Sir, this kid says he lives here. The man looked at me condescendingly. You certainly do not live here. This is my private property, and I have two daughters, no son, he said. Let's go, he commanded the driver, rolling up his window. I just stood there, shocked. He's lying. This is our house, I murmured. Justin and Nancy looked at each other nervously. Nancy said, and to think I believed you, even for a second. Justin nodded. Called it. They turned around and started walking back. I was sure that everyone at school would find out about what happened. This mansion was my home. Who was that man? Knowing it was useless to insist, I went back to my family's run-down fake house. When I walked into the house, I saw my parents waiting impatiently for me. They both looked upset. Obviously, they knew what had happened. My mom said, Alvin, we watched you and your friends on the security camera. What you did was incredibly reckless. I had tears pouring down my face. You're right, mom. I'm so sorry. But who was that man? Don't we own the mansion? I asked. My dad said, Of course we do. That man is a professional actor. Staff at the mansion think he owns the house. It's another precaution we had to take so that no one would suspect what's going on. Dad, why do we have to take so many precautions? Why are we hiding our real selves from the world? I really want to know, I pleaded. My dad looked at my mom, who nodded at him before turning to me. We hid some things from you to protect you. We knew we'd have to tell you one day, but we were worried about your mental health, Dad said, pausing. He looked back at my mom again. She nodded for him to go on. Then she started crying softly. My dad took a deep breath and began to explain. We used to be the family you always wanted us to be. You weren't born yet. We had a daughter named Betty. Everyone knew how rich we were, which made our lives incredibly difficult. We used to go everywhere with an army of guards. We all had to wear bulletproof vests. Then something awful happened. Someone managed to kidnap your sister. 
They demanded we give them a hundred million dollars as ransom. We said yes, of course, but they never released her, even though we gave them the money. The police were sure it was because Betty had seen their faces. This was a massive trauma for us. After that, your mom and I made a decision. We moved to the inner city and set up this life to hide our wealth. We lost our daughter. We couldn't protect her. We don't want to lose our son too. Alvin, all this is for you. This is the only way to live a quiet life away from danger. Now I knew everything. I hugged my dad. My mom got up and joined us. We all cried for Betty for a while. I'm really sorry about today. I didn't know you were trying to protect me. I will be careful from now on, I said. From that day on, I made mom and dad a promise to live humbly during the day and never tell anyone again. Hi, I'm Declan, and I just got out of college. On the morning of my very first job interview, I was super nervous. My knees were trembling. Somehow, I got through the whole process, and here I am, ready to go into the real world with a paying job. Only... one thing hasn't changed. I'm still super nervous and anxious as heck. But what I keep telling myself is that my family depends on me. I'm the first one in my family to even make it past high school. And I feel like it's my duty to help them get out of living in poverty. I owe them at least that. After all, my parents worked their whole lives to pay for my studies. And my brothers and sisters had always been there to support me. On my first day of work, I put on my nicest shirt, shined my shoes until I could see my reflection on it, and brushed my teeth three times just for good measure. I was so nervous as I sat during the orientation that I began to feel... Uh, weird. I was giddy and antsy and clumsy. So when my new boss came over to shake my hand, I stood up too fast. She was bending over to greet me, not expecting me to stand. My head met her face and she stumbled backwards. I panicked. Who headbutts their boss on their first day of work? So I grabbed her by the back and pulled her towards me, making sure she didn't stumble further and fall on the floor. Instead, I had pulled too hard. In one moment, my boss was falling. The very next, her lips were on mine. Everyone around us gasped. My boss didn't even pull away. She just looked at me and batted her eyelashes. My, my. Nice to meet you too, Declan. Oh, I was so flustered. I just stumbled over my words. I, uh, Miss, uh, I, I'm so sorry, uh, Miss Garrick. I didn't, I didn't mean to, uh, please don't fire me. Why would I fire you for a kiss? I enjoyed it. And call me Catherine. Miss Garrick makes me sound old. I don't look old, do I? No, 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 Miss uh, Catherine, uh, uh, I must say, I've never greeted someone with a full-on kiss on the lips before. Way to make an impression. But see, I'm a lady. I don't kiss before the first date. And now, you owe me. Owe you? Uh, miss? Uh, I, I mean, uh, uh, Catherine? A date, of course. 5 p.m. A car will be waiting for you outside. And so, yeah, that was my first day of work. 
I kind of became an instant hero. Everybody was talking about the newbie who accidentally kissed the boss and got a date. <laughs> I was so jittery, though. I'd never been on a date before. And I was going on one with my boss. As promised, there was a car waiting for me as soon as I clocked out for the day. And it wasn't just some car. It was a limo. The limo took me downtown, and when it stopped, the driver opened the door for me and called me sir. It was a really weird sensation. The hostess at the restaurant greeted me with a smile. We've been expecting you. Declan, right? I nodded. Then, a waitress took my jacket and led me through the dining room. Up to the very back where only VIPs got to sit. Another waiter pulled my chair up for me and put a napkin on my lap. I was living like a king! I was used to people shooing me away because we were so poor. But now... Now, people were serving me! I promised myself I would work really hard to afford that life. Sitting across from me was Catherine, all dressed up and looking like those beautiful ladies in magazines. Do you have a girlfriend, Declan? Uh... No, miss. Uh, I, I mean, Ca Catherine, I figured as much. I've never had one. Never? Uh, yes, ma'am. That's a disgrace. You need to get a girlfriend. But, hmm, as much as I would like to keep you for myself... I actually invited you over here for my daughter. Your... Your... Daughter? Yes, here she is now. And in walked Emily. She looked exactly like a younger version of her mom. And you could easily mistake them for sisters. Over the next few weeks, Emily and I went on a few dates. Not really my idea. Catherine really, really wanted me to date her daughter. She even hinted that I should propose. And I didn't understand why. It's not that Emily wasn't pretty or nice. I just felt uncomfortable dating my boss's daughter. But Catherine made me a deal. She said if I made Emily my girlfriend, she would promote me to being her assistant. So... Thinking about being able to help my family more, I said yes. People at work were starting to hate me because of all the favors I was getting. One guy in particular was Emily's ex, Darren. He dumped her a year ago, but now that she's seeing someone else, he wants her back. Not only that, Darren had been eyeing my position for years. And when I got the girl and the promotion... Darren took out his frustrations on me. Darren would pull these little pranks. He would hide my lunch or put glue on my chair. I ignored all that. But then... Things began to escalate. He started stealing things from me. He stole some pens, my mouse pad, a bracelet that I bought to surprise Emily with, and even took my favorite coffee mug. Some days, I would find my car vandalized. I was still very understanding. I didn't let it get to me. But then, one day, 
I saw something I couldn't ignore. I saw Darren stealing everyone's sales. See, our job is based on commission. The more deals we close, the more we earn. Every customer who comes in gets referred to an agent. But Darren made it look like he made all the sales that day. He did it again the next day. And so I confronted him about it. What are you going to do about it, huh? Tell your girlfriend's mom? Go run to mommy, Declan! <sighs> Some people laughed, but I reminded them that Darren had been stealing from them, too. Tell corporate for all I care. You'll never prove it was me. And he was right. We had no proof. We did try to complain to corporate. Catherine even backed us up. But they didn't believe us. So, I devised a plan with my co-workers. Darren stole thousands of dollars of commission from us. It was only right that he lost something worth that. So, during lunch, we snuck out into the car park. Sally went to buy nails at the nearby hardware store. Roger ran to the garden center to get sand. And Mimi took all the sugar we had from the office cafeteria. Sally stuck in the nails in the wheels of Darren's car. Roger and Mimi poured sand and sugar in its tank. And I wrote THIEF about a hundred times all over his car with a sharpie. I was actually feeling pretty good about it. I felt satisfied. Until... The very next morning, when I got called into Catherine's office. And there was the VP of the company. And he was scolding my boss. Catherine, I told you to keep an eye out for my son. And now look at what's happened. I demand you fire this boy immediately. Uh, huh? No wonder they never believed a word we said. Because Darren's the son of the VP. I was fired that day, and no amount of explanation helped. Not even Catherine was able to do anything about it. She took me outside and apologized. I told her it wasn't her fault. And she told me the real reason why she wanted me to date Emily so bad. It was because she hated the VP and how corrupt he was. She didn't want Darren to get back together with Emily because if they got married, Darren's father could easily blackmail her by using her daughter. Of course, now that you know the truth, you don't have to keep seeing my daughter. You kept your word, but I wasn't able to protect you. Catherine, why would I ever leave Emily? What? I love her. At first, I was hesitant. At first, I was just doing it for the job. But your daughter? She's amazing. She makes me laugh. She's beautiful. She's smart. Who wouldn't want to be with her? Why would I leave her? In fact, I should be worried about her leaving me now that I'm unemployed. We heard someone laugh and we turned around. We didn't see Darren had been listening to us the whole time. <laughs> uh, uh, who's laughing now, you homewrecking pleb? Go back to the trailer park where you belong. Nobody wrecked your home, Darren. Emily doesn't want to be with you anymore because all you do is play Fortnite in your pajamas at your mother's basement. Everyone laughed at that. Pfft, whatever, welfare kid. 
Shut up and go home. You're trespassing on private property. You don't work here anymore. I said goodbye to my friends and accepted defeat. I figured I was better off somewhere else anyway. But my friends surprised me. They railed around me. They said if they fired me, they would all walk, leaving the entire place with just Darren and his two friends. Even Catherine threatened to leave. Darren's dad called her bluff. And we called his. The next day, nobody turned up for work. And Darren and his friends were swamped. Hundreds of complaints were called into corporate. And it got so bad that the CEO herself flew down to see why we were on strike. And that... That was when we finally got justice. The CEO learned what happened. We told her that Darren had been stealing our commissions and that his dad covered it up and tried to fire us. As a result, Darren and his dad were fired immediately. The CEO also reinstated me. And not only that, she promoted me to manager. Catherine's old job. Because Catherine was now the VP replacing Darren's dad. That all happened in front of Darren. He looked so furious that a simple poor guy like me ended up getting everything he always wanted. But you know what? I felt he deserved a bit more suffering. So, to rub it in his face, I got down on my knees and took Emily's hand in mine. I took out a ring that I had been hiding for the past two weeks. Emily, I know it hasn't been very long, but in this short span of time, you've shown me how beautiful, kind, and loving you are. And I don't ever want to live in a world where I don't have you by my side. Emily, with your mom's blessing, will you marry me? Catherine was so excited. She jumped up and down and rushed to hug me. I welcomed her hug, thinking she'd move her head to the side. She didn't. And once again, Catherine and I were kissing accidentally. Behind her, Emily put her hands on her hips and looked very much annoyed. Mom! That's my man! <sighs> Catherine wiped her lips and smiled with guilt. I guess that means she says yes. And as the guards escorted Darren and his father off the building, Catherine, Emily, and I shared a toast with our friends and co-workers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 